Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. That's the sound of press photographers' cameras hosing down world leaders, including a tireless Boris Johnson, for a family photo at the G7 summit at Schloss Elmau in Germany's Bavarian Alps. But behind the alpine glad-handing, top of the agenda is Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its impact on global food and energy supply while Covid re-emerges. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky beamed in to address leaders of the world's wealthiest nations to appeal for weapons and shore up support. It comes as Russian missiles struck the Ukrainian capital Kiev over the weekend, the first attacks in three weeks. Ahead of the summit, President Joe Biden also unveiled a financial package aimed at addressing health, climate and energy security, gender inequality and digital connectivity. So why is the G7 summit so critical and what happens behind the scenes and in those corridor stop and chats to help us unpick the diplomatic intrigue? We're joined by the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor David Bond. David, what's the significance of this year's event? Well, I think these summits are always hugely significant in terms of the signals that the Western countries send to to the rest of the world. And at this moment, with war raging in Europe, arguably a summit of world leaders of this nature has never been more important or has not been so important for a very long time, certainly. So I think the sorts of decisions, the sorts of discussions which the world leaders are having in uh, the very picturesque surroundings of the Bavarian Alps will be uh, extremely important, especially on this whole question of what further steps could be taken to try and change the course of events in Ukraine, to try and get President Putin to change his behaviour and to try and bring that terrible war to an end. As the global economy was just recovering, Russia's vicious attack on Ukraine happened, driving prices up everywhere from food to energy and casting deep uncertainty. That's European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. So, David, what's your view on the policy intersections between the Ukraine war and dealing with the growing food and energy crisis? Yeah, it's really interesting how all these things have sort of collided. And at the start of the war, you know, you saw Western countries taking very tough sanctions, the toughest sanctions we've ever seen against Russia. And they have worked to a, to a certain extent. They've certainly caused economic pain in Moscow, but perhaps not as much pain as people expected at this stage, perhaps. 
and they've certainly had sort of, I don't know if they were unintended, well, they certainly were not undesired consequences, but whether those countries imposing those sanctions quite saw what the effect would be. So if you take the oil embargoes, for example, that's actually had the effect of making uh, the economic crisis because of supply crunches post-pandemic even worse. So prices have gone up. Uh, and in a way, that has actually allowed the Russian uh, sort of economy, allowed uh, Putin's war machine to keep going, because although they've limited supplies, for example, the EU said that you can no longer uh, ship oil from Russia to European countries, you could still get them through the pipeline. And the price going up means that actually Russia is probably getting more money, or certainly the same amount as it was before. So there are question marks over how effective that has been. So I think when you look at the, the situation around food and fuel, I think now what the G7 leaders are trying to do is find new ways to make that stick. So you've heard them discussing, and this will be uh, discussed throughout Monday, this idea of a price cap on oil to try and make it more effective and to limit the amount of money that the Kremlin can raise through oil sales. And then on food, there are big. there's a big push, obviously, on to try and lift this blockade so that they can get uh, a lot of food supplies out of Ukraine to the rest of the world. Collectively, we aim to mobilize nearly $600 billion from the G7 by 2027. These strategic investments are areas of critical to sustainable development and to our shared global stability, health and health security, digital connectivity, gender equality and equity, climate and energy security. And there was a special virtual guest on Monday morning. We've had this address this morning from President Zelensky, who's uh, addressed the G7 leaders. He's made an appeal again for more weapons, more support, but also said that he hopes the war can end by the end of the year. So he's uh, increasing the pressure. So in that sense, because of the unique situation we're in with such a major war in, in Europe raging, you know, there is a sort of heavy military element to it. But you're right, you know, normally... Uh, this is the sort of place where the, the leaders discuss a whole range of stuff, you know, climate, energy, health, they're all on the agenda too. And I think we will see in the NATO summit a greater concentration on kind of what those NATO allies can do uh, to try and boost uh, defences in the East and also do do more to help Ukraine. But I do think, you know, there will be, obviously there will be lots of discussions, not only about the sort of things, uh, further steps that Western allies can take uh, in the G7 around extra support for Ukraine, whether that's military or financial, but also what other actions, what other measures they can take, sanctions and the like. Uh, we had um, we had one on uh, more sanctions on gold, uh, Russian gold, yesterday. Uh, you know they will be looking for more actions that they can take to try and turn the turn the pressure up on Putin. go to the ads stay there to hear more about political strategizing in the alps and why no one wants to be seen getting left in the corner why not hit rate and follow in the meantime hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. The G7 uh, supporters of Ukraine around the world have to continue to to help the Ukrainians to to rebuild uh, their economy, to get their grain out, to export their grain. And of course, uh, we have to help them to protect themselves. And that's what we're going to continue to do. David, the Prime Minister seems to be in his element, channelling all those bits of his inner Churchill. How much of a relief will it be to Mr Johnson dodging those rebellious MPs back home and, of course, the fallout from those by-election losses? Oh, absolutely. And he's not alone in this, by the way. We should just say that a lot of the leaders at the G7 summit are all facing big domestic problems. You know, Joe Biden... Uh, facing midterms and a lot of scrutiny at home over his economic plans. And then you look at uh, Macron, uh, the French president, who, of course, has just had a series of uh, elections which have undermined his authority. So Boris Johnson, not alone in trying to play the world stage and play the big world leader uh, to try and boost his authority at home. But clearly, Boris Johnson does. I think he's really relished, in a way, this sort of the opportunity for the UK post-Brexit to play a bit more of a sort of global convening role around that crisis. And I think he's pushing very hard to to try and keep that unity. I mean, it's one of the key words that keeps coming up in all the sort of interviews we hear from Boris Johnson coming out of Bavaria, but also from other world leaders, this idea that the G7 really has to stay united and the West has to stay united at this time of great crisis and uh, with Putin a real threat, not just to obviously what's going on in Ukraine, but in lots of ways to other parts of the NATO alliance. And we're going to have a NATO summit, which kicks off Boris Johnson. We'll go straight from the Bavarian Alps to Madrid for the NATO summit, which kicks off on Wednesday. So I think at the moment, being away is is a good thing for Boris Johnson, although, of course, it's allowing this kind of idea that there's plotting going on back home, another push to perhaps uh, unseat him later in the year. You know, it's not always good for him to be away, but I think um, he's certainly probably enjoying being on the world stage rather than being here in Westminster. And we need to talk about those awkward photos. You can just imagine how much PR horse trading is going on behind the scenes. Definitely. I mean, that was that was really uh, stark that time at the NATO summit back in March when all the leaders were lining up for the so-called family photo and Boris Johnson seemed to be on his own with his hands in his pockets while uh, Emmanuel Macron sort of stroke was you know really the, the the big figure on that occasion. So I think there's always an element of sort of you know huge egos uh, trying to to play the big leader on the world stage, and Boris Johnson certainly uh, is that. Um, you know, obviously they were all making these jokes about Vladimir Putin yesterday when they got together about you know sort of mocking him for riding without a shirt on 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 the back of a horse or whatever. And uh, so I think Boris Johnson was right at the heart of all those gags. But you know. I think there is a serious point to it because I think, as I say, they do need to be showing unity at the moment. There needs to be a lot of backslapping. And and, and clearly that is a message which is being designed for domestic consumption, but also for consumption uh, in the Kremlin. (laughs) 
Wasn't it just a few months ago that Mr Johnson was looking like something of a schoolboy standing alone with his hands in his pockets? It does matter, you know, the signalling of who's standing next to whom. And of course, the role played by the host nation. So of course, the UK had this last year with uh, hosting the G7 in Cornwall. And it was, you know, the sort of the backdrop, you know, the sort of the message it sends, not just about the group of leaders there, but also about the host country it is hugely, hugely important. Uh, and there will be no doubt sort of clamouring uh, from all the various aides to try and make sure that someone is, their leader is next to Joe Biden, for example, everyone wants to be next to the US. But yeah, I mean, I think, again, going back to that, the sort of the downside of that is when you have these family photos and your leader is completely sort of snubbed or, you know, sort of overlooked slightly. It can be terribly embarrassing as it was for Boris Johnson back in March at the NATO summit where Joe Biden and uh, Macron seemed to ignore him. Now, whether that was actually the case, it kind of doesn't matter because that's the narrative that comes out from the picture. And so, and these pictures are so powerful. What sort of united front are the G7 leaders hoping to show Mr Putin? One of the other things which, of course, all the G7 and Boris Johnson is particularly keen to do here is to try and uh, uh, ensure that there is resolve among the, particularly uh, the likes of Macron and Olaf Scholz, uh, the German leader, to uh, not settle for a bad peace, you know, not push Zelensky to, to settle for ceding territory to Russia in, in the East and to try and keep going. I think in terms of the attritional war that we're now into, I mean, don't forget this has been going on since 2014 in that particular part of the world. Yes, it's now on a different scale and the Russians are sort of have declared their hand and, and they're not operating via proxies in Donetsk and Luhansk. But nevertheless, it's not going to be an easy one to win. You're talking about a huge amount of territory. I mean, clearly the Russians are making some slow progress. You saw last week with Ukrainians saying that they will have to sort of surrender uh, Severodonetsk and pull back from there. But that seemed to me to be a tactical uh, move. And the question is, is kind of how much longer can Russia, how much longer can the Kremlin afford to you know, keep this war going on that sort of scale? I mean, Having said that, you know, we saw missiles strike Kyiv for the first time on Sunday for a while, whether that was done with timing, you know, to make sure that it had impact around the G7 while world leaders were gathering in Germany. I don't know. But, you know, it just underlines that there is still a threat to wider Ukraine there as well uh, while this goes on. Finally, David, it's been quite the international odyssey for the prime minister in recent weeks. How's his diary looking going forward? He's going to be out of the country for most of the week because he goes straight from Bavaria to the NATO summit, which will finish with a press conference from Boris Johnson around Thursday lunchtime. Then he'll come back and, and then he'll sort of try and refocus on, on domestic matters. Uh, it's quite a long time because he was out of the country, obviously, in Rwanda last week. I think in total, he's been 11 days out of the country. During that time, we had those by-elections last week, which uh, were another big blow to his authority and Oliver Dowden resigning. So I think there were reports this morning that he's now sort of put back plans for a reshuffle until the autumn. We'll see how it goes with those Tory rebels who are looking to change the rules around whether he could face another confidence vote within a year. But again, I think that might take a while for it to come to a head. So, you know, we might be into a sort of bit of a holding phase uh, before we see any sort of dramatic developments in terms of his leadership. But there's no doubt the problem hasn't gone away. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 